Catherine Cornelius. Our guest today brings more than 20 years of leadership experience in global industrial companies like Siemens and ThyssenKrupp. She says from herself that compliance is one of the most important topics that drives her. When it comes to the areas of quality management, sustainability and safety, Catherine is the go-to person and expert. That is also how I met her years ago. Next to that, she chairs the Swiss Management Organization chapter of Central Switzerland and lectures at different business schools. But that is only what everybody knows from her. When I talk to my guests, I'm interested of what is not obvious, what is not written in the curriculum. I would like to look behind the scenes and learn about the human who impacts corporate integrity. Catherine is the one we can meet in planes all over the world, visiting the subsidiaries and taking care of quality management and safety. Today, she has time for our conversation and I'm glad to have you here spending the next minutes together with us. Corporate integrity, fraud, non-compliance and cybersecurity. Would you like to understand the root causes, detect threats and take measurements to protect the most precious assets? As a leader, you need to be prepared and stay actionable in the event of an incident. Sonia Sternemann talks in her podcast, The Human Factor. Corporate integrity matters. To leaders and entrepreneurs who want to have impact, foster corporate integrity, and act as role models. As an international expert for corporate governance and integrity, entrepreneur, and independent board member, she knows the challenges. Let her inspire you. Welcome back to this new episode of the podcast, The Human Factor, Corporate Integrity Matters. You might be a board member, executive or non-executive, a business professional, corporate integrity leader, or on your way there. I'm your mentor and sparring partner when it comes to corporate integrity with impact. Founder of Corporate Integrity Concepts with a different formats for corporate integrity leadership. With the vision to protect and secure assets, reputation and actionability. Yours and the one of your organization. Why? Because corporate integrity matters to all of us. But now let's listen to what Catherine has to share in her field of expertise when it comes to corporate integrity. Hey, Catherine, thank you very, very much for your time today. I know you are quite busy these days. I just heard that before, not <laughs> only due to Corona, but quality management and safety are one of the key topics, keeping all the leaders awake. That's what we both know. And you know me quite well and also the fact that curiosity drives me too. So as you know, our conversation will focus on you, your professional environment and your own personal experience when it comes to corporate integrity. I hope that's still fine for you. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm happy to have this talk with you. So you told me before that your leadership philosophy combines passion and courage for change. So please let us dive into that because the normal human doesn't want to change, but I know you also have a PhD in philosophy. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. So absolutely. Please, please tell me what's behind your leadership philosophy. Okay, so um, we humans are not there where we are without changing. So we have to change. We have to learn, and learning is one of the most interesting things we can do. But we have to go in the direction to be ourselves in this case. And learning about people, 
learning about processes where people can perform best, that is one of the things I think is very important. And when we look back in our history, we found out that um, there are so many things we had to change. And we are humans. We are dealing with humans. And bring them together means we have situations where we have conflicts, where we have thoughts about what can we do together so that we can grow together. But there we have as much possibilities to good to go to do good and bad as well. Absolutely. I fully agree on that. But I think also you having more than 20 years of leadership experience and especially in quality management and safety, what I see is it takes a lot that people change, you know. Absolutely. Often they are, we are, it's not they, it's we. We as human beings, we are reluctant to change because changing also means uns being unsecure sometimes and um, not knowing what's coming up and um, maybe also fear of losing position power or whatever so what have it's scary you, yeah absolutely. what have you seen also when it comes to quality management because i know how hard it is to implement quality management especially in such large uh, groups and um, companies as you served and also serve right now yeah so quality management is Let's turn it the other way around. A quality manager is not the one in the company who's doing the quality management, but the quality manager is the one who helps you going through processes. And we need processes to be com uh, compliant. So when, when we have like a frame to work in, we're working together with others, we have to ensure that people are do what they have to do And that they can grow in that. But as well, we have to make sure that the process before and afterwards is going well. And that people in this process knows about everything what the company needs. It's not about the person itself, but it's as well about the company. And it's hard sometimes that people understand that what they think is best for the company is not the best because they just have a small piece mm -hmm. of view of the company and they don't have the broader scale. So sometimes you have to explain people, hey, it's good what you're thinking, but follow the processes because when you change the rules, it is a risk for the entire company. How do you, how do you teach that? You know, Because um, I know that thousands of people work and work also in the, in the departments you let um, as from a quality perspective and a safety perspective. And I also had some experiences when I used to work at one of the large industrial companies in the past, in, um, implementing um, internal control system, systems. You also have this cultural issue of what does safety and quality mean? And how did you or do you now make sure that you are understood? It's not just written, but also understood and lived. On the one hand, you have to explain the people. You have to talk to people. You have to convince them. You have to show them when, when you say safety. It's especially hard to, to be a safety officer in Switzerland because there is nothing going wrong in Switzerland and we are all well educated and we are all doing very well. But So again, Catherine, um, are you serious when you say we have no problems here in Switzerland? Because I think... It's just, um, how should I say, it's a, it's a mindset question, isn't it? 
Absolutely. No, it, I was not sure, uh, serious about that. No, sometimes, um, and being honest, when I was in India or in China or somewhere else in the world where you would think people are concentrating less on quality, concentrating less on safety, they did much better than we are. So it's really a mindset issue. Yeah. How do yeah. I think about how I, oh, how I do, how I feel, how I think about it? When I When I just go into it and say, well, I'm climbing up mountains at the weekend, so I know how to climb up a building to do some changes, I would say, well, um, let's think about it. So it's really like you have to talk to people. You have to show them sometimes what can happen. So you have to um, you have to show them the incidents you have. You have to explain about the risks that come out. You have to explain what is um, image question when somebody is hurt. Is it does it mean that we are we here in Central Europe um, we are overconfident? Sometimes we are. We feel so much. We feel that we are safe. So there's not like this big issues everywhere around that um, makes us like being aware about the risks. And, how, and could we, how could we train our culture to be more aware of what could go wrong? Because I think that's really also how we grew up, um, but we have experienced in the past that we are not, we have never been exposed to the same risks as other um, cultures were. Yeah. and. At the same time, we are facing all the things we're doing wrong. But um, I think it's like showing what can can be the mistake or what can be unsafe or what can be um, turned on the quality. And then you say, well, look at this and then look what can be the reaction out of it. And the most um, obvious thing is Internet things. When you are doing posting anything about your company and being very transparent with um, your complaining about your company, most of the people are not knowing what the total effect is on the company. So it's not about lying about your company, but it's about being aware what is the thing you are saying, the thing you are doing having for a reaction and for a result on the company. Because that's exactly what you say. You know, I think people are not aware of the impact they could have. Also one person, mm -hmm. what kind of, or what, what could happen if you expose your company, for example, and um, put them at risk. So how does it, how do you think does corporate integrity plays a role into that when it comes to quality management? I have my own view on that, but I would also like to hear your perspective. How does mm -hmm. it impact integrity, individual integrity, but also corporate integrity? Mm -hmm. So let's start with the thing of compliance. When we go back and we, we saw like what Siemens has gone through and as well Tristan has gone through with all these compliance issues and being honest about this, we are still not fine in the entire companies though. So there were big programs, there were big process in it but still people are thinking well there's a deal and hey come on in Russia when I go in a fancy restaurant I can make the deal for our company so most of the times the employees or even the high managers 
which are trained on a regular base. So in Siemens as well as in Thyssen, you are really, really trained every year. You have to make your box tick boxes and have to make sure. And then it comes up to compliance. But integrity is really like coming out of yourself. It's like being convinced, being really having it internally in your DNA to you have understood what it means for your company. You have understood what it has for an impact on your company when you're not following. And, you know, knowing that training is not enough. That's also what I hear now, what you are explaining. Now, training is not enough because one part is compliance, but integrity is much more. Integrity also includes compliance and the um, behavior we have within the, the organizations. How do you make sure that you have enough people in the teams with a very high level of integrity. So one thing is to be a role model, to be really assure that you are reacting and dealing and showing a behavior and mindset that is integral. And then making make sure in your team and in the entire organization that you're talking about this topic, that you're talking about the risk, but then going a step further in the HR processes to say, well, when somebody is doing a good job on um, compliance and who acts integral, just put them out and say, well, you did good, you did well, there's, a, for example, an incentive, or there you have um, your stage to be shining for a moment, make sure that these people are seen in the organization as they are the good ones. They are the ones who have the interest of the management. So just make people like being proud of themselves when they are reacting positively and integral. Absolutely. I fully understand. I'm fully aligned with what you are saying. What I see is that we are not yet there. We are not yet celebrating the people behaving um, in such a way. And also the speak up culture, I think some of the organizations, they do have it. Others just have it in the code of conduct, but not really living it. And I think it's very important that we really implement it as a, in our DNA and that we make sure that we are the role models, as you said, but that we really practice what we are praying right now. So what kind of um, experience did you made in the past two decades when it comes to the dilemma situations? The dilemma situations maybe also you had because being so exposed in your environment, quality management processes, safety, and also sustainability, I would really expect that you had huge challenges, also dilemma situations you had to, to handle and manage. Absolutely. And it's nearly on a daily base in these topics. So what is when you know you have um, a certification in front of you, you know that you can just do offers when you are certified. But at the same time, you know that your processes are not good, not good enough for the certification. Mm -hmm. What are you doing? Are you saying, well, let's go for the easy way and convince the people that they have to give you the certificate or are you going to the, the way to say, well, we are not yet there, but we promise to, to make step by step and let's deal about um, having three months more that we can show that we make progress. So 
there are dilemmas where you just stay in and say, well, you can go the easy way. It's even not that expensive. And so what uh, is when you know that you are in a foreign country, like some countries we still know in Africa. And so you know that your um, competitor is having like fancy presents. So I really expect, experienced a situation when I changed to ThyssenKrupp and the CEO who were asking me to come from Switzerland back to Germany, who was dealing like talking about a fancy, nice car and via WhatsApp with um, the customer. And he had um, taken a really nice bracelet for his wife um, and it was documented by photos and so on. So what was the result also out of it? We were yeah. in the middle of a change, really huge change and a very big mm, journal journalism went out and it was in the press so everybody could read about it because there were little misunderstandings between the two people and the one so the customer said well look i have the photos here i have all what's up here it was you could read it in whole mm -hmm. germany so what was the result of it this ceo had to leave the company and we stood in the middle of a change without having our management board who could lead us through this process. And it was 30,000 people. But it was only the, um, the CEO leaving. It was not the entire management team. So I would expect in every good corporate that, you know, the organization does not only depend on one person, even not on the CEO. Yeah, but absolutely right. We're still in both companies, I think. We are still in the process. So when we are saying, well, compliance is the first step, to be integral is an even bigger step, then I would say in both companies, we're still in big parts on the path of trying to be compliant. So having the legal compliance really in our scale. So this is for me, it's a first agreement on the compliance, like on processes, on being legal compliant to have Maybe the customer um, needs in, in focus, but really to have the step further, you don't have it, as I could say, out of my past. It's not in the entire companies, but there are departments who start to think like it. There are people who are starting to try to organize the people. There are role models everywhere in both companies. That's exactly what you said right now. It's it's about not it's not only about regulatory compliance and um, all these legal compliance parts we have because corporate integrity is much more, including these aspects. But the more we can work on corporate integrity, sometimes also by individuals or departments, as you said before, I think the more we can also reach and protect our assets. And then it really goes back to quality management and safety because at the end, corporate integrity is nothing more or it is protecting our most valuable assets, including the stakeholders and also shareholders, but also the, you know, the values we have within the firm, including um, reputation. Absolutely. So have you ever been exposed to such dilemma situations personally? You know, have you ever felt under pressure? Yes, I did. For example, 
we had a um, situation like a big offer in China. It was Beijing. And um, my at that time, my CEO came up to me and said, well, we have a student from China. Could you take care of her? Because I had at that time a student in my department who was um, able to speak Chinese. I said, well, yes, bring her over. Let's have, yeah, and make sure that she's happy. Okay, I try to make everyone happy. And then I, I started to think about it. I said, well, that was a little bit weird. So I called him up and said, well, what do you mean make her happy? And yeah, she doesn't need to work as much as the others. So make like little trips with her and don't care about the money. So we have a budget for this. And there it was a point where I said, well, listen, who is this girl? And she was one of the big customers' daughters. So she was really the daughter of the CEO. So and I said, well, listen, I take her in my office. We will do as much as we can that she's happy. But when you put her in my office, she's really like working as the others. And she will have as much fun as the others. And she will have as much trouble as the others. So then my CEO said, well, listen, you're not good for this. <laughs> and he took this girl in another department. Anyhow, she stayed with us most of the time because I had this young lady who spoke Chinese. But the funny thing about it, this girl liked us more because we were transparent. We were really like we are. Mm -hmm. And we said, well, if you are staying here for a day, you have to work like we are. And she was, was really like a girl, wanted not to be in a fancy restaurant, but she wanted to be in the organization and learn. But I had not the promotion this year. So it was really like having an impact on me personally. It's, it's, it's crazy, you know, but I think it's, you're not the only one. And I see that all <laughs> every day, <laughs> sometimes, you know, also at our client side that, People at the end, they are really, you know, like you. You are penalized due to your behavior, which was correct. You did exactly what everybody would also tell you to do. Also, when you go back to your code of conduct, it's clear that you're not able to do it, to do that. And, and it was also not expected by that um, lady to be treated like it was requested for um, to do so for you. So it is really the world we are still living in. And it always depends on the people. And I think you have, you don't, not all the people you have in your organizations behave like that. Not at all. You have, that's what we see, you have between one to 5% acting like that. Mm -hmm. What is the experience you have? Do you see more than we see? Um, I think it's, in general, I would agree. I think there's a difference when you're going into the organization, when you are um, making a difference between departments. Mm -hmm. So when you have like an R&D department or like this nitty gritty people who are really working because it is something they really want to make an effort in. It's like quality management. It's not the people who are really dealing with the customers who have the pressure of goals like you have to bring this customer home, you have to make the deal. So there it might be a difference between the departments. So I can say from my perspective, the departments I led, 
safety, quality management, the people which were really in my department were more in the case of doing these processes weren't aligned with the mindset, more or less. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But when you go like to departments like sales, marketing, there is a pressure, a different one. Absolutely. And you know, I think it's also inherently with, with the position they have in and with the targets they have. So that's also what we see. They are more exposed and we also have to make sure that we protect them. Because what I see is also, it's not fair if you have the two, two high targets for these people being responsible for sales and after sales. And at the end, they are sanctioned because of their behavior, because they are just under such a pressure. That's also what we discuss when we talk about the fraud triangle. You know, if the pressure is high enough and people have no way out they become very creative and it's human yeah you have to protect them yourself and when the pressure is like you're making something like you make the deal or you don't make the deal you have the pressure and somebody is telling you and i just heard it yesterday so if you're not making this deal then we have to unemploy a percentage of our employees wow that is a pressure I don't want to have. Absolutely. So what would you tell your future, uh, your, 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 your younger self now, when you look back for, about 20, for the last 20 years? What would you tell you? So being in the departments I've been in, it was still more easy to be integral. But I would say be more proud, be more stable, be more standing up for what you're thinking mm -hmm. than being afraid of what could happen with you. Because in the end, you can always make a decision. If the company not, not suiting your mindset and you are not able to change, then change the company. But as long as you have the idea you can change something within the company i would think i've done not so bad so i stayed most of the times i fight it most of the times and i would say well be more proud of it be more self-confident about it so i was always like oh am i doing right am i doing wrong so maybe it's just me thinking like that because 20 years ago it was a different mindset than today so today it's even much better than 20 years ago. And being honest, the story with this Chinese girl is about 15, 17 years ago. So I was really lonely with my decision mm -hmm. at that time. I was like, oh, maybe it was wrong, but it felt right what I did. But I had a hard time to convince myself doing the right thing. And that is something I would say to my younger one. Mm -hmm. be convinced this is the right path and don't don't let somebody else push you in another direction and what is your wish for um for the future generation i know you're also a mother of a young girl what would you wish for that new generation coming up dealing with a different environment also from a regulatory perspective mm -hmm. is there a wish you would like to share with us I would really wish that she can work in an environment where these questions are no longer topics. Like mm -hmm. it is, it has to be understood that it's not just um, 
nice to have topic or a good wish topic, but it is an important topic. And compliance is sometimes, as you said in the beginning, a thing on paper, but really be doing the step forward and say, well, an integer person is doing right, is doing good, and the environment should be more easy for our kids. That is a wish for myself. And then the whole, whole topic about pushing people would change as well. And you can see when, when you have contact to, and I know you have, to Singapore, mm -hmm. they have as a entire state, they, they are so much working like, oh, I can't do this. I can't go out for having dinner with you. I can't, I can't, I can't. It's a little bit too much sometimes because the funny parts are missing there a little bit. But in general speaking, they know what to do. They don't doubt anything about it. This is the right path and I'm doing well when I'm following this and I can be integral and can be proud of myself when I do so. So, Catherine, thank you very, very much. I'm looking forward to meeting you soon out in the field, bringing quality and safety to the next level, also combined with our corporate integrity approach so, to protect our most valuable assets, but also to make your wish come true for the next generation. It was great to have you here. Thank you so much. And whenever you feel like contacting me, just do so. I think also um, our listeners, um, as you told me before, you are also accepting um, invitations from LinkedIn and any other social media. I don't know where you are, but um, at least LinkedIn. So you would also ac um, accept that. Is that correct? Absolutely. I would be happy about this. <laughs> okay, perfect. So now I wish you a great day and thank you very much again. Thank you so much. This was today's episode of The Human Factor, Corporate Integrity Matters with our guest, Catherine Cornelius. Following the motto, Corporate Integrity secures and empowers individuals and organizations. Thank you for listening. My name is Sonja Stiernimann and I'm your host. Stay curious, actionable and a role model. Take care and goodbye. Would you like to learn more, meet peers and getting qualified? So visit the website Corporate Integrity Concepts or Corporate Integrity Academy. Or do you think this podcast could be interesting for someone you know? Sharing is caring and we are always happy to welcome your peers to our community. And if you like this episode, subscribe and don't miss any of the future ones. The show notes are, of course, enriched with relevant information and your connection via any of the social media channels is highly appreciated and will be answered. Promised. And please do not forget... Topics of your interest or interview partners are highly welcome. Just send me a note on any of the channels you know. <laughs>